you are Locked On MLB, your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the daily podcast where we talk about all of Major League Baseball, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. This episode is dropping on the 21st day of August, 2019, and this episode is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there, do that, and get rewarded. This podcast is available on the free and easy-to-use Himalaya podcasting app. We're also on Apple Podcasts, whatever the heck they're called now. Google Podcasts, whatever they're called now. You know, we're on any platform you're looking for. If you want to listen to us directly, go to the website, LockedOnMLB.com. When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast, Locked On MLB, or check out some of the other great shows on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it really is your team every day. Check out Locked On Fantasy Football for all the best advice to have your team win your league. Hey, check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Locked On MLB, or you can check me out. My personal account at Sully Baseball on Twitter at Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Well, a little bit of frustration as the San Francisco Giants lost a good game, a close game, but that was a they lost it by any way you want to stretch it. They lost five to three to the Chicago Cubs. It was a back and forth game. The Giants just could not get that big rally going in there. They tied it in the second. They tied it in the fourth. Cubs pulled away in the fifth and the sixth. Hamels got the win, beat the Giants' bullpen, and Kimbrell got his tenth save. And, you know, the Giants just could not get that big rally against Kimbrell, who pitched a 1-2-3 ninth inning, and lowered his ERA to 5.65. But it was a, you know, look at The Giants are a 500 team, and it's late August. Pretty much what I think people thought they were going to be. You know, maybe best case scenario, they'd be 500, maybe a game or so above, but probably have a losing season. And they're at 63 and 63. They are not going to win 100 games this year. It's now impossible for them to win 100 games if they win out. They have now fallen to four and a half games with less than a month and a half to go in the season. Now, if they win the next few games against the Cubs, they're climbing back in it. But do you know what? It's starting to feel like it might be just too much to ask. Now, to be fair, the Giants went for it. And I'm here in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I'm telling you, there was a tremendous amount of excitement to have a few weeks of fun in the summer. And the stadium was hopping. They had some big walk-off wins. It was great to watch them. But man, oh man, they cannot afford... Uh, you know, many losing streaks. You know, they've won six of their last 10 games, but it's starting to feel like maybe it's just asking too much. And maybe all they did was give their fans a couple of few weeks of what felt like meaningful baseball. But what it also did is that it allowed a couple of the other teams to just not be able to take advantage of victories. The Phillies beat the Red Sox. The Mets beat the Indians in a very sloppy game. And, you know, right then and there, those two teams can't crawl that extra step towards the Cubs. You know, and the Cubs 
are now just one game behind the Nats, who lost. And in another truly critical game, the Cardinals defeated the Brewers. The Brewers are now only two games above 500 at this point. And the Brew Crew, I mean, they it was a close game until the Cardinals opened it up in the sixth and seventh inning. And they lost 9-4 to four. in the end. It, you know, it was a closer game than the final score indicated. But as I mentioned earlier this week, it's all binary now. Did you win? Did you lose? And what looked like maybe a great three-team race in the National League Central is now the, you know, the Cardinals and the Cubs have a half a game separated between them. But four games is a lot for the Brewers to make up, especially when these are the games when they're head-to-head with the Cardinals. These are the games they have to win if they want to make this a true three-team race. And quite frankly, you can't afford to lose series like this when it's that critical. So the Brew Crew, is if they fall short of the postseason, they're going to have to take a good long look at the game where there were nearly no hit, and then having the bullpen just, you know, wet the bed late in this game. They're playing today, Hauser against Wainwright. That's anyone's guess at this point. And then where do the, where do the Brewers go? They have a day off on Thursday. And then this weekend, I'm just checking right now, they're going to play the Diamondbacks, who are, you know, who are a tough team. And the Diamondbacks showed a lot of their you know, offensive power tonight. So the fact of the matter is the Giants, well, this was just a fun. This was like finding an extra $20 bill in a jacket you haven't worn in months. But for the Brewers, this was a year where they, quite frankly, should have been a big-time contender. And the one mediocre division race, and they're starting to fall out of contention. Now, I, I want the Brewers to win for a couple of reasons. I'm, I'm no fan of this current Cub team, but I, I'd like it to be a three-team race. That'd be good for baseball. And a three-team race with an absolute scrum in the wild card would make this one of the most fun Septembers we've ever had. But in order to do that, you got to meet us halfway. You can't have a three-game losing streak against one, including games against your rival. So, Brewers, snap out of it. This is a team that relied heavily on their bullpen, and their bullpen is starting to look, what's the word I'm looking for? Awful. Meanwhile, the Phillies beat the nominal defending champion Red Sox 3-2. to two. Uh, It was 3 nothing before the Red Sox got, you know, got in that bat, and it was 3-2 to two was the final. Yeah, I'd like to see the Red Sox continue to win, but at least the Phillies are making this interesting. But this is the other thing that's frustrating about the whole Brewers situation is they're allowing teams like the Mets and the Phillies jump ahead of them. The Brewers are better than the Phillies, especially without Arietta and the team, you know, floundering around with a lousy manager. They should be better than the Mets on all counts. So look at there is enough time to turn the ship around for the Milwaukee Brewers, but not a whole lot. As I said, it is now late August. 
We're in the last third of August. And the Brewers are failing a critical test at this point. And spoiling what could be a remarkable September by flopping. Now, there was a little flopperino that went on at City Field today. What looked like was shaping up to be a wonderful game, 2-2 going to the sixth inning. And the Indians, who have been you know very, very good, especially since their bad start, especially since May, they've been outstanding. They played super sloppy ball. Mercado dropping a pop-up to left field, which would have ended the inning, which led to the uh, Conforto home run that put the Mets ahead. It was a thrilling game, a lot more thrilling than a final 9-2 score would indicate. But do you know what? Kudos to the Mets. Facing against Bieber, who is having a wonderful season, having a tight game and taking advantage of the other team. Are these the Mets we're talking about? Yeah. And they're five games above uh, 500 at this point. And just two games out of that wild card spot. And showing their own. You know, remember when all the criticism of the Mets were, yeah, but they're playing the White Sox. Yeah, but they're playing the Dick. Yeah, but they're playing the Marlins. Well, now they're playing the Indians. And winning. And taking advantage of holes brought to them. And with some of the other teams in that wild card, as I mentioned, as with the Giants and with the Brewers starting to fade, starting to, you know, stub their toe, give credit to the Mets on a three-game winning streak, holding holding court with the Cubbies. So we're going to see what happens today. Stroman, remember Stroman? We all made fun of them. I made fun of them. Absolutely made fun of the Mets for acquiring Stroman. So what are they doing? Do you think they're contending? And here we are. Yeah. Big game. Plutko, who has been up and down with the Indians, and Stroman pitching for the Mets this afternoon. We're going to take a good long look to see can the Mets creep a little bit closer. Of course, this will all be a lot more interesting if the Giants are able to win their game with Rodriguez going up against Darvish. Darvish is pitching very well after his horrific start. So, we shall see. But hey, I don't know what just happened. My computer just made a noise. I'm not even going to edit that out. But hey, there's something I want to bring up when we come back from the break. And that is a team that looked like it was going to be smacked around with, you know, bad karma and bad luck. And it's turned things around to the point where I'm saying, hey, let's not count them out. And something that you shouldn't count out is Postmates, which is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. For a limited time, Postmates is giving lockdown listeners $100 in free delivery credit for your first seven days. Download the Postmates app and use the code LOCKEDON. And also support of Lockdown MLB comes from Manscaped, who is the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming you may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaped offers precision engineer tools for the family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. That's 20% off at manscaped.com with the promo code LOCKEDON. All right, lest we forget what the big story was just uh, 
you know, heck, just uh, 10 days ago, the whole idea that the Minnesota Twins saw their 11-game lead, their 11-and-a-half-game lead, as I think it was at their peak, to the Cleveland Indians evaporate. And the Indians briefly were actually in first place by themselves. Now, that came about as the Twins lost three out of four to the Cleveland Indians, and all hell was breaking loose in Minnesota. And basically, people were wondering, should this be considered a giant flop? Should this be considered a giant collapse by the Minnesota Twins? Well, an interesting thing has happened since that. The Twins split a series with the Milwaukee Brewers. Then they had a clean sweep of the Texas Rangers in Texas. Now, the Rangers aren't exactly the 2011 Rangers right now, but they've been a decent team this year, hovering around at least near 500. they They're not a complete pushover. And they went into their home park and won all four games, 13-6, to 4-3, 12-7, 6-3. Now, they happened to lose yesterday to Ivan Nova and the Chicago White Sox, but today... The Twins won, smacking the White Sox around for a 14-7 to score. Of course, a lot of that was from their seven runs they had in the eighth inning. But still, that's a decisive win, and they go for the series win uh, this afternoon against the White Sox. A breath of fresh air for this Minnesota Twins team is the fact that Nelson Cruz came back off the dis, uh, the injured list. Sorry, I can't stop calling it the disabled list. Came off the injured list, and boom. Homered, had a four-for-five game, drove in three, scored three, and it was just a bombardment. Hey, did you realize Kepler has 35, 34 home runs for the Twins? That's more than Cruz's 33. And Jorge Polanco got his 19th home run. And he's batting uh, two ninety six with an OPS of eight fifty six out of the shortstop hole. Cruz's OPS is 1.057 at this point. I know you can't give a DH the MVP. We can't give anyone the MVP if their name is not Mike Trout. Not in the American League this year. Trout homered again. I think he's on pace to hit 162 homers this year. Trout's going to hit 50 home runs. You realize that, right? You, you really, he's, It's career high in home runs this year. And there's a month and a half. He's going to hit eight more home runs. He's going to have 50 home runs. I digress. The Twins did what they need to do. And now when you take a look at what's going to come up in their schedule, they are facing, they play the White Sox this afternoon. They have a day off. They play the Detroit Tigers, who are awful. Then three more against the White Sox. Then three more against the Tigers. Then three against the nominal defending champion Red Sox who are going to be pitching without Chris Sale, without David Price, and are basically you know phoning it in the rest of the way before the September 6th, 7th, and 8th showdown with the Cleveland Indians. That is a soft schedule. Now, they have to win those games, to be sure, but the Twins, with their victory against the Chicago White Sox today and with Cleveland's sloppy loss to the New York Mets today, that half-game lead by the Indians is now back to a three-game lead 
by the Twins. And the, this, it's critical for the Minnesota Twins to win the division and avoid the one-game playoff. Now, the Twins haven't won a playoff game since 2004. They got swept in 06. They got swept in 09. They got swept in 2010. They, got, they lost the wildcard game. We all know that. But do you know what? There is something to be said about the consistency of this Twins team. And this was the reason why I said that even though they lost a 11-game lead in the standings, that they have not collapsed. They won two out of three games in March. They went 15-9 and nine in April. They went 21-8 and eight in May. And that's when they ran up the big lead. Okay, but they had a winning June. They went 15-12 and 12 in June. They had a winning July, 13 and 11 in July. So far, they're 11 and 8 in August. Have you noticed something? They just win. They consistently win. And there's another little wrinkle to throw in this whole thing. There is a pitcher whose name I have not attempted to say until this very moment. Bruzdar Graterol? Graterol? I don't know how to pronounce his name. I don't. He is a 20-year-old pitcher currently pitching for the Pensacola Twins minor league team, AA, in the Southern League. He is throwing uh, to a 1.71 earned run average in his 12 games he's pitched there, including nine starts, and he is lighting up everything. And he is one of the top pitching prospects in baseball, and one of the most exciting players in the twin system. Why am I bringing him up? Because there is a potential that he may come up. Now, the Minnesota Twins general manager has said, "Oh, they're not gonna, they're not gonna bring him up. I'm gonna put him in the push." You know, the the idea may be overstated. Levine said, "We're not gonna force anything." That's fine. That's, that's all nice. That's all nice. Here is the name I'm going to bring up. Francisco Rodriguez. Francisco Rodriguez was a pitcher that nobody saw going into the 2002 postseason, which, by the way, was the last year that the Minnesota Twins won a playoff series when they upset the A's, as seen in the Brad Pitt film Moneyball, and got all the way to the ALCS. But they were stopped short by an Angels team that went on to win the World Series. And a big reason was their bullpen and a big weapon they had was Francisco Rodriguez, a guy who nobody saw, was extraordinarily talented. Nobody saw the damn guy until the playoffs. And he was a weapon. And the Angels rode him right to the end. Now, eventually, Barry Bonds crushed a home run off of him in the postseason, but he did he did against everyone. And by that point, it was too late. And the Angels wound up winning the World Series that year. To have that extra weapon in the bullpen, to go along with Rodgers, to go along with Trevor May, to go along with Tyler Duffy, there's nothing about this Twins bullpen that is really super dynamic right now. Their rotation is fine. It looked really good a few months ago. It's not great. And, but it's, it's fine if they had a slightly deeper bullpen. Now, do I think the Twins are going to beat the Yankees? Do I think they're going to beat the Astros? No, but 
They are a talented team, and they can hit with anybody, especially with Cruz back. This team can hit with anybody, and their starting pitching's okay. So if they have a weapon in their farm system that they can just call up and insert, what is the worst thing that could happen? The worst thing that happens is it doesn't work and he has to be sent down to the minor leagues. And the best thing that happens is they go into October as division champs with a secret weapon to use a picture that no one's seen, that, they're, that the opponent hasn't seen, and be able to ride him a little bit in October. The Twins, in some ways right now, remind me a little bit of the 2005 White Sox. They were a team that nobody really gave credit to them because everyone was focused on the Red Sox and Yankee race, and people thought they were a bit of a paper champion. And they had a big lead on Cleveland, and for a while Cleveland caught right up to them, right near the end of the season. Then they put their aft thrusters on, and they wound up winning the division. And I think most people just assumed it was going to be a Red Sox-Yankees third straight year in the ALCS. I know I did. And then the White Sox swept the Red Sox. They beat the Angels in five. They swept the Astros. The next thing you know, the White Sox are the world champs. Do I think that's going to happen to the Twins? I actually don't know. Because the White Sox starting pitching that year wasn't hugely celebrated. They had a lot of depth. But it wasn't like people were, you know, Marking the Cy Young Award for Burley, Contreras, Garland, and Freddie Garcia. Their bullpen had a weapon in Bobby Jenks that not a lot of people had seen. For most of the year, Dustin Hermanson was the closer. And you look at this Twins team, and there's some similarities. And maybe, just maybe, having a few secret weapons is the way to go. Either way... Winning the division is key for this Minnesota Twins team. And despite that great run by the Cleveland Indians, they now have a three-game cushion. Now, it's not you know, super strong. Obviously, in a couple of days, it could be a one-game cushion. But the fact that they're going to be playing a bunch of lousy teams and they've been doing well beating up the teams they're supposed to, keep an eye on the Twins. And someone, please, for the love of God, Tell me how to pronounce Bruzdar Gratterall? I don't know how to do it. But I do know you can subscribe to the show in the Himalaya Podcasting app. You can follow us on Instagram at Sully Baseball Podcast, on Twitter at Sully Baseball. You can follow us, uh, this show, at Locked On MLB on those platforms. I wasn't supposed to go that way, but I started reading that part of this page anyway. Uh, go to Apple Podcasts, the only place you get your podcast, get your Get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast, Locked On MLB. Hey, this has been the Locked On MLB podcast for the 21st day of August 2019. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.